sunny Florida. I heard there was a polar vortex. I didn't experience that. Uh, I went to a pastor's retreat uh, for the Vertical Church Network. And I don't know who picked the dates, but it might have been God. And uh, funny thing is, this you're going to find this hilarious. Like, I'm swimming in the pool. The pool's like 86 degrees. Don't, don't cry for me. But it's like warmer in the pool than it is outside, right? So it's like 65 degrees in Florida, which is like way warmer than here. So nobody's crying, except for the workers around the pool, right? The workers around the pool, like full gear, like looked like they were... In, in a polar vortex. And like, they're all like geared up, like, can I get you anything? And I'm like, no, uh, you need to go to the hot tub or something, right? You need to warm up. And, uh, but I'm splashing around with the kiddos and uh, it was a lot of fun. And I want to say to you personally, thank you for allowing your senior pastor and wife to go to things like this because it does mean a lot to us. We want to be healthy and this is really refreshing for us to go be with other people that do what we do and to encourage one another and to build one another up just like we're doing here, okay, every week. And so I'm really, 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 I could, the rest of the message could be this, really grateful. And uh, we feel so full and we're ready to come back and to preach and to love and to learn and to grow and... Um, I'm really grateful. So whoever thought that was a good idea and planned it on that date, glory to God. Did you make it? You're here. Nobody frostbit. Nobody, nobody died? Okay, good. We're good. Um, we love you guys so much, and I want to preach on love. We're in a series called Fresh Start, and I felt like our church needed a bit of a fresh start after seven-plus years of ministry and uh, my own uh, heart needed a fresh start. And last time I was with you, I confessed unforgiveness to you guys and said, I'm moving on from that. And by God's grace, I haven't thought about it once since. And, uh, and God's done a great work in my heart. And I pray that he's done a great work in your heart. I pray that you've repented of some things. We covered repentance, what, twice, right? And uh, a little, one and a half. And then one and a half on forgiveness. And now we're going to spend two weeks on love. It's two parts. First, love God, then love others. Guess where we're going to get this from? Anybody know? Anybody know? Shouldn't be hard. Come on now, a little quiz in church. If, it's, if the answer's not the Bible, Jesus, or God, then it might be the Great Commission. Or, or, or second, the Great Commandment. Okay, yeah, that's where we're going to be today. Um, Matthew 22. You can turn there. Matthew 22. I'm going to throw a couple verses on the screen while you turn there because I want you to know how important this word love is to God and to the followers of God. So uh, 1 Timothy 1.5 says, the aim of our charge. I mean, this is Paul to Timothy and he's like, the first letter he wrote to him, he's like, this is it. This is the aim of our charge is love. We're on the bullseye today. Love is the thing, the main thing. That issues from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Because it takes faith to love. All right, and then this. In Philippians 1.9, 1 
Paul, in one of his first letters, he says to the Philippians, and it is my prayer. I'm praying that your love may abound more and more, right? This isn't like a, hey, let's preach on love. It'll get a little bit better, and then you never have to work on it again. This is a every day, all the time, more and more, fill it up, pour it out with knowledge and all discernment. Love. And I'm going to focus on love God, and you're at Matthew 22. But before we get into the passage, I want to just ask you, what do you love? Give me some answers. What do you love? Okay, don't get all churchy on me. I love Jesus. No, no. What do you really love? Your wife. Good, good. Oh, man, these guys are right on it. Well done. Good job, guys. Well done. Every guy in the place is like, I wish I would have said that. Could have said amen. There you go. There you go. Better late than never. Hey, thank you. And we love you too. Every one of you. Food, bam. Thank you. Let's be honest. Food was created for pleasure and pleasure for God. All right. What else? Job, yeah. And that's no, there's nothing better than loving what you do. Yeah, come on now. I wish I could play so bad. Kiddos, yeah. Grandchildren. I love our elders. They're really awesome. Love to spend time with them every week. Yeah. Music, man. It's the language of the soul. Love it. What else? A couple more. My new home. All right. Well, one thing you don't love, I just know it, is sitting in the front row. <laughs> I'm, I know this about you. You do not love sitting in the first row. None of y'all. Well, maybe you guys. You guys sit there every week. Thank you. So if anybody, I mean, this is a preference thing. I love you regardless. But like, if anybody wants to sit in the first couple rows, I just like love preaching to not empty seats, okay? Look up. All right, there you go. I love ice cream. When we came back into town, I had to get the flap doodles. <laughs> Took my whole family, enjoyed it. And uh, there's just certain things you love. How do you know if you love something? You spend time, Right? You spend energy, you spend money on it. Oh, now it's all coming back to you, isn't it? Oh, 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 the thing I spend time on? Oh, yeah, 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 that thing. This thing I spend my energy on? Oh, yeah, I love that thing. Now everybody's like, yeah, I love my house. I shoveled all week. <laughs> and the thing you spend your money on. Those are the things you love. Okay, so... There's uh, a lot of questions in Scripture, and of course, the religious leaders are always asking Jesus questions. Now, are they asking him honestly? Are they asking him to trick him? The Bible lets us in on that. Uh, again, I don't know how many times he answered this question. It's recorded in three different Gospels, but um, the question is here. Verse 34, Matthew 22, but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, the Sadducees shut them up, 
They, they got nothing anymore. They're like, oh, we don't know anything. All right, we, we're just, we're here to listen. They gathered together. They're like, what are we going to do? How are we going to get under his skin? How are we going to trick him? Surely, of course, they don't believe he's God. So surely he has a fault. Let's find it. And uh, one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to, what does it say? To test him. So he's like, I'm testing you. That's clear. He says, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? A little context. How many commandments are there in the Old Testament? Ten? Really? There's more than that. But those are the big ones. Somebody said 600 and what? 13. 613. Do you know how the religious leaders, the Pharisees and Sadducees, how do you know how they came up with that? In the Ten Commandments, in the Hebrew, for every letter, Hebrew letter, in the Ten Commandments, 613 of them, they made a law. I can't even get the Ten Commandments done. You want to take a guess at the Ten Commandments? Should we just go with that? You're like, no, 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 right? You're like, I got a couple, but I don't got them all. We don't even know the Ten Commandments. So it's so good that when he asks him, hey, what's the greatest? Jesus is going to just boil it down. He's going to be like, here's this one thing. Gives him two things. I don't know, maybe he didn't hear the question. Or maybe they're the same. Think about it. And he said to them, Jesus answers, you, this is our food. You should have this underlined, highlighted, everything in your Bible. This, this right here from Deuteronomy chapter 6 is the whole thing. Everybody say the whole thing. I mean, you never have to come to church again unless you love God because that's where he wants you. This is it. You shall love. One word. Agape. It's a command. The Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and in the other two places it says, with all your strength. This is the great and first commandment. Matter of fact, Jewish people prayed this, the Shema, they would pray it morning and evening, every day. That's how important it is. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. More on that next week, okay? On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Everything depends on love. If God didn't love you, we wouldn't be here. Everything depends on love. If God didn't love you, you wouldn't be breathing. You wouldn't have a Bible in your hand. You wouldn't be able to repent. You wouldn't be able to forgive or receive forgiveness. You wouldn't be able to 
love or even know love. God is love, and through Jesus, we even know love. All of it depends on this. Hang it all on love. Hang it all on love. Just put it all in on love. All right. What's the most important thing? All right. Really? I was only gone one week. What's the most important thing? Love. Love. I mean, capital letters. Love! With exclamation points. Love is the most important thing. So, love, to take pleasure in, to be content with, to be fond of, all of those things. This kind of love, when you long for something, when it's the first place in your life, that's why you said wife. I got it. He just caught up. Because my wife is the first, right? I just spent a whole week with her. It was amazing. No five kids. Yes. Men, put it in the budget. Vacation without kids. Do it early and often, at least once a year, and reap the benefits of what I'm saying right now. What has your attention and affection? That's what we're really on. What do you love? So it's Super Bowl Sunday, I heard. Anybody? I heard because our small group's having some kind of party at our house. So what my wife loves truly is not having unpainted walls when people come over because we spent all day yesterday painting the walls. (laughs) I'm just saying... What has your affection? Did you spend all week looking at TV? Is Tom Brady the goat? Is he not? I'm not sure. Greatest of all time. Some of you looked at me like, what does goat mean? <laughs> greatest of all time. No, love is the greatest of all time, okay? It, you know, is it going to be a good game? Are the refs going to blow the calls? Are, you know, you spend all week planning, preparing the meals I'm getting blank stares. Good. That's not you guys. Awesome. All right. But there's other things that maybe you spent all week getting ready for. That would have your affection. I don't know what that is for you. I do know what it is for me. See this? Um, This is a box full of love letters from my wife. I've kept them for 22 plus years. Why? Because I love her. I do. I don't carry it around. This is not normal. (laughs) I hardly go in here and read it. So what do I really love? I love the idea that she loves me. And this is tangible. Right? That's what I love. Equate that to the scriptures. God wrote us a love letter. I do carry this around with me almost everywhere I go. I do read this almost every day. And it does show me tangibly that God loves me. 
I love the idea that God loves me. I love the idea that God is for me. That he wants what's best for me. That he sent Jesus Christ, his only son, to die for me so that I could get off, I mean, scot-free, clean, slate. It's a bit astounding, but I love it. Here's what the passage says about love. Um, Just a few principles from the word right here. It's just going to be really vanilla because it's so clear. Love, okay? Love. Love first. Love the Lord your God, okay? So this is in kind of two parts. Love the Lord. The Lord means master ruler, like the person in charge, the one who commands me. And this you shall love is a command. Who is your Lord? Who has authority in your life? Is it your boss? Your boss says jump, you say how high? There might be some boundaries there, okay? Seriously. Who is the Lord of your life, the master of your life? Who? Maybe it's your checkbook. (laughs) Maybe it's work. Again, I don't know what it is for you, but I have a good sense you know, if you'll think, what the Lord of your life is. What is the authority in your life? I've just declared that this book is the authority in my life. This is where I go to for the truth. And this is what rules my life. When it tells me to do something, I do it as quickly as I understand to do it, right? I'm not going to balk at it. It might take me a little bit, right, to like grasp it, to change my thinking. But once I do, I'm in. Let's go. It's done. Do you operate that way? I mean, salvation, for instance, right? We understand it's not by works, right? And the Bible's very clear. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, just to throw a verse out. It's, it's not a work. It's a free gift, right? Do you guys understand that? Right, and then so you're just like, I accept it. I just accept it, right? And then what's next? Baptism, right? The Bible says, be baptized with the Holy Spirit and water as a visible demonstration that you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. Is the Bible, is Jesus Christ and his word Lord of your life? Have you been baptized as a believer in Jesus Christ? We're going to have a baptism in a few weeks. You might want to love God back and do what he says, right? Then what's next? Read the word. Go to church. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Get in a small group or accountable relationship, right? All these things are kind of uh, things the Bible implies or or says specifically in, in Acts. Tell others about Christ, what he's done for you. When the Bible says it, do you do it? 
That's how you know if Jesus is Lord of your life. And then, love the Lord. Is he your Lord? Your God. Your God. Everybody say your God. Which means what? My God. So everybody say my God. If this is a better outline, I don't know who came up with this. You have to personalize it, right? So I was on a plane and I was like writing this out and I'm like, it just needed another hour or two to get to like, it's love my Lord, my God, okay? I want to love my Lord, my God. It's, is he my God? You could have a lot of gods. Florida could be a god to me. Right? Just going to Florida, just going there with being with pa- other pastors could be a god to me. Getting in the water, the sun, food, whatever, it could all be a god to me. Time with my wife. Or I can enjoy all of that because God is in his rightful place. And I understand that when God's in his rightful place, these things will fall into place well. My God. So, is he your God? Is Jesus your God? Are you trusting him for salvation? Like, I don't know. Well, let's start with this. Do you know how much God loves you? Because that's really how it starts, right? When It starts with this verse, John 3.16. I'll put it on the screen. You guys all know it, right? God so loved the world. Are you part of the world? Okay, maybe. Okay, so, so what if you put your own name in there? Go ahead. Let's all, let's all read it together, but we're going to put our own name in there. You ready? For God so loved Steve. Just think about that now. Say it again. For God so loved that he gave his only Begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's how much God loves you. Like, I don't know if you have kids, but that's like, I'm not doing that. I'm not offering Noah up, my firstborn son, so you all can like, you know, have something. It's just not normal for us. But God's not normal. He loves us so much. And then this verse really penetrates my heart, so I wanted to share it with you. John 12, 43. So here's what it says. For they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. That's just like a little switch. All the things I stated in heart, if God's on the throne, we're all good. If God's not on the throne, if I'm on the throne, we're all bad. It's all about who's getting the glory. So as I was reading the New Testament this week and looking and studying love, I came across three things that love is not like. You don't want to do these things, right? Here they are. Not like this. Not love for money. It's like in Luke 16, it's in Timothy. Not love for money. 
That's not the right kind of love. God specifically calls that out because he knows it's a problem in some of our lives, if not all of our lives. You can't serve two masters. You can't love God and money. You can't do it. Love for money, that's out. Got it? All right. Two, love for recognition. Luke 3, uh, or Luke 11 speaks about this several times where it says the, they wanted the best seats. They, they love long greetings. They want gold rings, right? They're just like, escort me to the front. Like, we're totally not like this. You guys all got to read James. Like, like, James is like, yeah, if a guy comes in, he's all dressed up, like, won't you like, sit him in the front row? And then if somebody comes in and they're kind of like, eh, then you sit him in the back row? No, no. Like the front seats are open. Y'all can sit in the front. I don't care who you are, right? I mean, you're all welcome to come up front. And, but they wanted recognition. They were down front like, they love long greetings. Like how many PhDs can I put on my name so that I can, you know, doctor so-and-so, 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 how many times I've been this or that? Like, come on. So not love for recognition. The Bible's very clear about that. Who gets the recognition? That was easy. Okay. And then this third thing from John 3, love for darkness. I mean, flat out love for the wrong, like, I just want evil. I just want to sin. I know I want to sin, and I just want to sin. I love the darkness more than the light. That's what I love. I want that. We've all been, have you been there before? Raise your hand if you've been there before. I just want to see how, how, how many people are going to be honest in church. Like, we all have loved darkness at some point. We all wanted that versus what we have now. Let's not fall back into that. So not like this, okay? So love the Lord your God, not money, not recognition, not glory for ourself, right? We don't want that. Okay, let's keep moving. Just, just to wrap up this point, have you accepted Jesus Christ? This is the gospel, right? This is where everybody that's saved checks out, right? No, this is where everybody, let's just teach you in church. This is where everybody that's saved starts praying for everybody who might not be saved. Everybody get it? Okay, so everybody's praying now, as I'm saying, is Jesus Christ your Savior and your Lord? As in, I'm a sinner, I've fallen, I can't get up, I need help. Jesus saves me from my own sin, and then I say, because you love me so much, because you picked me up when I'd fallen, I couldn't get up, now I love you and I want to serve you. God was teaching me something this last week. This is for free. It's not my notes. There's a difference between being a slave and a servant. Do you get the difference? If you're a slave, you have to. If you're a servant, you want to. Oh man, that just blew me up this week. I was like, I really want our people to be servants of Jesus Christ. 
I want them to want to serve Christ. I don't want them to have to get their arm twisted. Like, I have a slave to this. I have to show up in children's ministry. I have to serve. No, you don't have to. You get to. You get to do it because Jesus picked you up. Has that ever happened in your life? Is there evidence that that's happened in your life? Praise God. And if not, today's a great day for you because all you need to do is just confess your sin and accept the free gift by faith. And you can have this point. Love the Lord your God, my God. Make it personal. Okay. These next three are coming real quick all together. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. With all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. You might write that down in the outline, okay? Love the Lord, my God, with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind. So it's really confusing. Everybody say confusing. Okay, I'm going to try to make it clear, but it's still going to be confusing because it's really confusing. You know, these are parts, right? And the Bible doesn't really give us a clear anthropology. It doesn't give us like, oh, yeah, no, that works there. And that is, is like, they use these uh, words interchangeably. Sometimes it just says heart. Sometimes it just says soul. Sometimes it just says mind. And, and, but here they're all together, like parts of an engine, right? And if you put all the parts together, the engine works well. And the engine is the inner man. It's the part you can't see. Do you have a part you can't see? Like, I don't know, I can't see it. Like, really, I mean, you do. You have a spirit, you have a part of you, it's, you can't see it. And God's like that all the time, right? God the Father, like, you're never gonna see it. Like, he can't see it. And it breaks it down to three pieces. So here, let me just give it to you. So your inner self, the first thing is, is um, this whole being, this, this um, how do I say it, um, it's your will, okay? Your heart is your will. It's, it's like, um, I'm going to do this. I've decided with all my heart, I'm going to do this. So it's your will. And then the second part is your soul, and that's really your emotions. They said people have soul. Other people don't have soul. You get it? Some people can move when they worship. Some people can't. Some people show emotion. Some people don't. We say that they have soul. And it's your feelings. And you want your feelings to be stirred. When's the last time tears hit the floor? When's the last time your tears hit the floor for somebody that wasn't saved in your family or at your workplace? When's the last time you loved God with emotion? When's the last time, right, that you pumped your fist in joy for all that God had done for you, for your family? When's the last time you were passionate about the scriptures or about God? Like, that's emotion. That's soul, right? And then the third part is your mind. Well, that's pretty easy, isn't it? This is the clearest one. Your intellect. Your intellect. So you're made up of a spirit, and it includes intellect, emotion, and will. 
people fight about this. This is seminary stuff. I'm not going to get into it. It's like dichotomy, trichotomy is like two or three or I don't know. It's like, this is what I did when I was in seminary. Oh, I mean, I don't know if we're two or three or five or 10 or 20. Like, I don't know, right? So I don't know. But I can tell you this, the Bible's clear. You need to love God with your heart. That is your will. You need to love God with your soul. That is your emotion. You need to love God with your mind. That is your intellect. And even as I say seminary and all this stuff, like I just realized some of you guys just, you, you glaze over. You're like, I don't, I don't want any part of that. Like I just came to church to like, it was going to be easy, right? And I just, I, I just want to say to some of us, some of us are Bible fatheads. Okay, that, there's two extremes on this. Right, you can be a Bible fathead and be like, oh, more knowledge. Knowledge. Knowledge puffs up. Be careful. Right? But then there's people that are like, lazy. I know God loves me. That's all I need to know. I'm done. I'm just going to say this to you. If you want to love God more, you need to know him more. I'm going to say it again. If you want to love God more, you need to know him more. All right, how can I do that, Steve? Everybody say, how can I do that? I thought you'd never ask. We have this thing called focus groups. Have you gotten the email? Who got the email? Okay, anybody not raising their hand, didn't open the email, noted. You just delete it because it's from Harvest. I get it, yeah, 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 too busy. What do you love? Where do you spend your time, your energy, your money? Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm going to get you. I realize you get a ton of emails. I do too. I delete a lot of them as well. But this email, right? Focus groups. We have this class called Essentials. Everyone in our church should take it. Is that a glaring endorsement? Everyone in our church should learn the essentials of our faith. It's starting up in a couple weeks. You should go. The elders of our church, Chris Persons, the pastors, they're teaching it. You can learn from them. It would be a good thing. All you have to do is put on your calendar two services. I can come at 8.30 and go to church. I can go at 10.30 to Essentials, and it's great. Perfect. Awesome. And you're just going to learn and grow and stretch yourself intellectually. I don't know if I can do it. That's so long. I know. You'll have to work at it. But we work at loving God. It's good. It's good. FPU, if you need help with your finances, we all need help with our finances. Right? Marriage, we all need help with our marriage. Okay, and this isn't just for, like, we require people that we're going to marry to go through this. But if you've never gone through some premarital counseling, if you don't love your wife like you used to, you should be going through it too. Matter of fact, in order to love your wife better today than you do yesterday, probably go through it anyway, right? So you're like, I can't do all of them. I know, pick one. Just pick one and do it this time. And next time around, pick another one. You're like, that's like a third thing. I'm going to church. I'm going to small group. And now you want me to go to focus groups? I think if you want to know God, you got to spend time with him. So yeah, I'm asking you. I'm not telling you have to. I'm not commanding you to do it. I'm just inviting you to do it. 
Then there's this trusting God one, but it's only for ladies, so I don't really know what to do with that. Because I want to trust God too, but I'm not a lady, so I, I'm not invited. Thanks a lot. Or maybe that just says ladies are more into learning about God than men are. And men, wake up. Because we're the ones supposed to lead the charge in the church. With our intellect, with our emotion, and with our will. All of it. We're supposed to lead. People want to follow us because that's what God set up. Let's go, men. Number five, okay? We breeze through two, three, and four. Number five. Love God with all. Did you notice that it said all a lot? Who noticed that? Good, you guys took English. Awesome. <laughs> Love the Lord, your God, with all you've got. With everything, all right? Here it doesn't say with your strength, but that's like physical too. Love him with your spirit and your, your physical um, but it says it in the other two parallel passages, so I just want to read them for you quickly. Write these two down, because it's the greatest commandment. You should have them written down. Um, Mark 12, 30, and 31. Here it is. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. You can hang it all right there, okay? And then Luke 10, 27. Luke, write it down. Luke 10, 27. These are great verses. Um, and he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength and with all of your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. We're going to get to that part next week. So here's the tricky part. There's a limited capacity on how much love I have. God, not so much. Unlimited capacity of God. His love, it fills this room. If it's an ocean, if it's water, like I'm saying here, it, we'd all be drowning, right? We've heard that. We've sang it. This is you. And you're probably not full. So there's a capacity. How much love? So, well, I want to watch the Super Bowl tonight. Okay, so that's a little love, and I'm going to eat some stuff, and that's a little more love, and I'm going to want to go to sleep, because I love sleep, and that's a little more love. And I'm going to go to, we just, how much love will be left next week come Sunday? Will you have poured out all of the love you have on everything else, or will you be like, Ready to go here at 8.15, serving. Uh, sure, I could do kids. I got plenty of love. I love those little shavers, all right? Uh, even if it's hard, even if they talk back, I still love them, right? And I'm not joking right now. Like how much love are you going to reserve for next Sunday service? Because people are going to come through the door who have never been to church before and they want to know if we actually act out what the Bible says, if we're really going to love one another or not. So don't pour it all out. Or, 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 here's another way to look at it. You can pour it out every day, all the way. Because the Holy Spirit loves you so much and he's in you that he'll fill you up again. So you can pour out all week on the right things. On the right things. 
And God will keep filling you up. I thought I might just end with this, okay? I'm not judging you. I'm not trying to shame you today. I know it might feel like that just a little bit. Like, oh man, I'm, you know, you're really getting after us. None of that, okay? But I am trying to convince you of better things. I am, I really am. I'm not judging you and I'm not shaming you. I'm not judging myself or shaming myself. I am trying to convince all of us from God's word, right? I'm trying to persuade you of better things. And so I want to just end with this. These are results of truly loving God. Genuine love is in the scriptures in the New Testament so many times. Let love be genuine. Romans 12, I think it's around verse 9. Let love be genuine. It's, it's all over. So what is truly loving God? What's the result of that? Here's just five things quick and we'll be done. Okay? First thing from John 14 through 16, uh, 15 is the center. Abiding in Jesus. You get to abide in him and he in you when you love him, because he loves you. And then you're like connected, like the vine, and there's fruit, and it's cool. All right, two, it says in John 14, 21, you could get all these from John 14 through 17, but manifest presence of Jesus. You will have and see the manifest presence. You're gonna see things you've never seen before as a result of loving God back. I want that. I want to see that. And we have. But more? Let's love God. All right, three. This is like the cop-out. Like eternal life. I mean, I know it's not a big deal anymore because you've heard it so much, but like, it's a big deal. Like life is short and then comes the end and we want to live forever with him. And loving God, like there's people in this place who think they love God, but let this scare you, right? When Jesus is like, depart from me, I never knew you. It's like, didn't we cast out demons? Didn't we, like, I never cast out a demon. Didn't we do great works in your name? I, I, don't, I don't remember doing any great works in his name. And these people that have done more than I've ever dreamt of, they're like, no, depart from me, you didn't know me. So this love of God thing, it's a real thing. You need to check your heart on this. This is a big, big deal. Eternity's on the line. And eternal life, if you love God, is a result. I'm living eternal life right now. Can you believe it? I'm never dying. It's awesome. All right, two more quickly. This is from Romans 8. Uh, God works all things for good to those that love him. A result of loving God, being called according to his purpose, keeping your eyes on him, your perspective is everything's going well. Even in the hard times, you're like, yep, but God's doing something good. I trust him. This is amazing. It's amazing perspective when we love God. And this last one, genuine love for one another. That's what we're going to talk about next week. You'll want to come back and you'll have genuine love for one another. As a result of loving God, you'll love other people. I'm going to end it right there.
Maybe a good application for this message would be uh, three things I'm going to share with you. Maybe it's just writing down weakest or strongest. What's your weakest? What's your strongest? Heart, soul, mind. You can do that right in your notes. You can just be like, thumbs down by one of those. Man, I, I stink at the intellect part. I really need to grow in that. I'm going to sign up for a focus group, okay? Um, it could be one of the other ones, okay? And then, and then what are you like strongest? Get thumbs up by one of those. You're like, yeah, God's doing something cool in my life. I am so emotional for him. I got soul, right? And um, just, just that would be a good application, kind of like an over-under approach. Uh, here's, here's two other things. Read John 21. Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? At the end of it all, is you follow me. You follow me. You could read that. And then some of us need to go to Revelation chapter 2 and that first church, Ephesus, who lost their first love and just read about what is the plan for getting back on track. I've heard you today, Steve. I don't love God as much as I loved him a week ago. And I want to get back on that. I heard you, Steve. I don't love God. And definitely I'm not showing him that I love him. I'm not serving. I'm not giving. I'm not like, I'm not tangibly doing those things that I used to do. I once loved him more. I don't love him as much. If that's you, Revelation chapter 2, that first church, is an outline. The outline is, remember, remember, you used to love him more. <laughs> Repent. We've already covered that, so it should be, you should have a good pattern for that. Repent, and then redo the works that you did before. Because love is an action. Those are three good applications. You just pick one of those and do it this week and come back next week ready for the second part, loving one another, all right? Hey, I wanna pray to close our service and I wanna pray this way. Because I love our brothers and sisters in Maple Grove, one of their elders was here a couple weeks ago for the parent-child dedication and he sobbed through the whole service because their church is going through a really hard time. So people have left, they're throwing stones, um, the way it's been described to me is we put up our sail, we try to catch some Holy Spirit wind, and people are just shooting holes in the sail. And I was on the phone with their pastor yesterday. An email was sent out to their body saying, hey, we're going we're gonna to put up our sail one more time. But if, if the Holy Spirit doesn't cut, catch, and if we're not going anywhere, we're, we're going to close our doors. The title of the email was the most important email, right? we've ever sent. It's like, yep, read this one. And so I want to pray for them. And I want you to commit to praying for them this week because they need the Holy Spirit to do a work. And this church, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that church. They gave money so that we could plant. And so I want to pray for them right now. And I want you to pray for them all week. Harvest Maple Grove, it's called Vertical Church now. And um, Brent Halverson's their pastor. Would you pray for him? And this is where we pull out our swords and start cutting down Satan for the sake of the cross, right? For the sake of Christ. So let me pray. God, I'm so grateful that you um, would teach us from your word how to love that you give us a fresh start. We can repent, you forgive us, and we can love again. 
And so we're here today on the most important topic, and that is the topic of love. And we want to love you better, and we want to serve you better, and we want to know how much you love us even more. We came to church to experience your love, and we want it to start inside of us through the power of the Holy Spirit, and we want it to pour out. So God, as you teach us how to love, could we love Vertical Church Minneapolis? Maybe love them tangibly, teach us how to love them tangibly. Can we send money? Can we send people? Tell us what to do, God. We're willing because we love the local church and we want to see a vibrant local church in Maple Grove. God, I pray for Brent and Lisa. I pray for their kiddos. I pray for their elders, Larry and John. I pray, God, that you would do a mighty work and that that ship would catch wind of the Holy Spirit and that it would move in a direction stronger and faster than it's ever before because we know you love them, God, and we love them too. Do what only you can do. Do it in our heart, in our life. Do it in their church. For your honor and glory, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord.